Good morning, Probers. Howdy, howdy. I'm Moonwalker, and here's Kevin the Grey, aka Greybeard. Yeah. And welcome to But It Was Aliens, the extraterrestrial comedy, comedy, comedy podcast where we hashtag probe the cases, stories, fables, and factual events of the extraterrestrial, including, but not limited to, sex painters, <laughs> dudes in forests, wookies, <laughs> kangaroos, samurai swords, and geese. Today's case takes us to the US of A. The city is Pascagoula, Mississippi, and the story of two men, Charles Hickson and Calvin Parker. Mm-hmm. This abduction took place in 1973. And finally, after 40 plus years, we finally get to hear Calvin Parker's account of that event. Well, why only one? What happened to the other one? You will find out. So I feel like you've dropped the breadcrumb there. <laughs> On the evening of October 11th, 1973... It's a fine month. A young J. Michael Long was in front of his house in Ellisville when he saw a bright orange light travel across the sky, leaving an orange glow behind the trees. This orange light moved slowly towards the south, towards the Gulf Coast. Ellisville is a hundred miles away from Pascagoula. That same evening, in Loosedale, Mississippi, a young lady by the name Susan Snow was out walking her dog when she saw a light moving from the north towards the south And then it started to go back and forth before going south again. So we've got a couple of witnesses already. Intriguing. Can I just say that J. Michael Long, I hear that and I think Michael J. Fox. I thought you were going to say J. Michael White or Michael J. White, whatever his name was. No, Michael J. Fox. Okay. So this is now involving Michael J. Fox, (laughs) just so you're aware. And then the... It had gone back and forth, going south again, then it stopped. She said when it stopped, it looked like what she could only describe as a band of lights which seemed to be rotating around it. It stayed there for about 15 to 20 minutes. After that, she said it drifted a little to the south and then shot off to the north and it was gone. It wasn't until the next day when the media had picked up the story that she realised it was a UFO. She mentioned it to her parents, who then told her not to tell anybody, because in them times, if you mentioned to anyone that you'd seen a UFO, you'd be labelled crazy. You're so crazy! Later on, we'll hear from a few more that witnessed something strange that night. Was it Michael J. Fox? Maybe he appears. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't tease my balls. Okay, so this was reported on nationally. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mmm, girlfling, <laughs> girlfling. <laughs> so, Michael J. Fox and lovely Susan. I don't really have much to pick at here, do I? They've seen something in the sky that's been nationally verified. Okay. 40 plus miles away in Pascagoula, two friends who worked together building ships decided that on that evening they'd go fishing to unwind. Uh-oh. Which? <laughs> two men alone in a lake or by the lake fishing yeah one Which... thing leads to another next thing you know they're gonna be what are you thinking <laughs> <laughs> i'm wondering where you're going because i was going abduction but you looked at me <laughs> yeah i thought you were like, going like, like something's gonna happen i was like 
I know plenty of people that go fishing and nothing like <laughs> And don't that experience happens. the beautiful love between two men. <laughs> but I quite like the idea of that. You have been fishing? No. I don't like fishing. <laughs> to be fair, I have been fishing. I just don't... I find it boring. Hmm. But I can see how people like the escapism. Yeah, each to their own. So while sitting there, Calvin says that he was staring out at one of the boats, wondering to himself why heavy steel will sink... But a large boat made out of steel could float. <laughs> I mean, it's density. <laughs> that was something that he wondered. So Okay, so <laughs> we, we had credible people involved. And now we've got the village idiot involved. <laughs> You've just knocked your credibility from 100 down to 50. He goes on to say that he started to notice a hazy blue light in the water, which he thought was the police behind them. But as he stood up and turned around, he was blinded by a bright light. Out of that light, he could make out three figures that were moving towards them. Oh shit, it's the police! It wasn't until these beings got up next to them that he felt fear. Because at that moment, Calvin knew that he'd fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) I like how his immediate thoughts were the police rather than an ambulance that tells me what kind of man this guy is what would you think ambulance blue lights why would the ambulance be there though why would the police be there to tell them that they're not allowed to fish there no there's been an accident (laughs) he knew at this point that these beings were not human only one had hold of him whilst the other two had charles what they had hold of them kelvin felt a sharp prick in his arm and he Mm. says that all the fear and feeling had gone and he could only look around. They were lifted up and taken into a ship. What? What has Michael J. Fox been up to? <laughs> well, that escalated somewhat quickly. He felt a prick in his arm. Yep. Wait, were they drunk? At no point was there any alcohol in his system. So there was alcohol but in someone else's system? I couldn't find whether or not the other one had been drinking. But when you hear later on, it seems they were both sober. What he was as well. So the sharp prick suggests that they grabbed and injected them to sedate them before taking them away. Typical probe coming up, isn't it? (laughs) We got a typical probe, boys and girls. (laughs) Typical probe. Typical probe. (laughs) Kelvin describes these beings as being robotic in nature. And covered in a tough skin or material, which uh-huh. looks... Uh-huh. Robotic, covered in skin. Would that not make them androids? Or material. <laughs> <laughs> which looks similar to elephant skin. They had triangle ears and something <laughs> which resembled an antenna. Here are some sketches, Kev. Can you describe what you're looking at? The first one looks like a cactus. <laughs> it's black and white. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe that. It's like a cylinder like a pencil shape. Drawing, isn't it? Yeah, it's a cylinder shape with some little pricks coming out of it. I would say it's a silhouette of the upper body of a human. I, I tell you one thing: some... it looks jack shit like a robot. <laughs> the next one looks like a mummy combined with a scarecrow. It's yeah, like a scarecrow shape but with strangely long arms and the ears look more like he's wearing a top hat and that's the (laughs) ring of the top hat rather than ears 
The next one, I can't really make it out, to be fair. It looks like it's got different labels as to what it is. Yeah, it's quite a small I'm going to have to zoom my eye in. Damn it, I can't read the label. But yeah, they. it looks... The, the bottom image looks more human-esque. Again, I feel like it's more of a mummy than anything. Like a silver mummy. With very pointy ears. <laughs> <laughs> what benefit would having ears that pointy? They can't be ears. That's got to be like a you know, radar. Yeah, um, I don't have too much to feedback on these images. It's just silver humanoid figures with really, 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 really pointy ears. And their heads look a little bit like cacti. Hmm. Wait, what's going on in the last one? There's three of them. And they look like they're in a bubble? Hovering out of the ship. Oh, that's a ship behind them. The <laughs> perspective's just a little bit hard to make out. Okay. Well, you were correct. That sharp prick was a sedative, which rendered the men limp and helpless. Once aboard, they were separated and taken to different rooms. Calvin was taken into a room which had a table in the middle. He describes was made out of glass or a glass-like material. Once placed on the table, an object about the size of a deck of cards came out of the ceiling and stopped in front of his face, scanned around his head and then went back into the ceiling. So some sort of camera slash scanner. Okay. Glass table. Why is that? Impressive. It's made of a glass-like material. He's saying it like they're super advanced. So no, I told was... you, this mother trucker is a village idiot. <laughs> I was just saying it was a glass-like table. Uh-huh. So aliens with all their advanced technology are using glass tables. Glass-like. I mean, it means, it means you can only describe it as glass. doesn't necessarily mean it's glass. Okay, I'll, I'll let you have that one. Yeah, you fucking will. I think that's the first time I've ever said that in my life. <laughs> Won't be the last. <laughs> Kelvin had started to get a little bit of movement back, but only a little. He was able to just about turn his head, and in doing so, he was able to see another being enter the room. This creature appeared to be female, as he could make out facial features. He also describes her as having two middle fingers, which were longer than a human's. All the better to probe you with. Can I just jump in there and say he could make out that it was female due to facial features? Mm-hmm. How the hell does he know that... An alien species is going to have female facial features. How does he know that what we think of as female is not male there? He could be looking at a man and that long finger is not a finger, my friend. That's his hashtag probe. He does say that he, in the documentary, he says he assumes it's a female until she speaks. (laughs) And she's like, hey, yo, (laughs) you got some place to go? She proceeded to grab at his skin before shoving her fingers down into his throat, to his tonsils. She's a tonsil tickler, this one. He started to choke at this point and his nose started to bleed. To his surprise, she spoke to him. And as we all know by now, this was done telepathically. Oh, I did not know that. (laughs) You said she spoke to him. Well, I mean, in most (laughs) of our cases, these beings don't open their mouths. They all communicate with them telepathically. I wouldn't say all. In the majority. (laughs) It's something we've come across. Quite a lot, bitch. I feel like you're being a bit defensive here. (laughs) She informed him that she wouldn't hurt him, which surprised him because although she appeared female, he wasn't expecting to hear a female voice. She then left him and walked away. As she did, he heard a strange mumbling sound. Following that, One of the robotic creatures approached him and injected him again before exiting the ship and putting them back on the riverbank. Hmm. 
Were they expecting a struggle to need to inject him? Possibly. Or do they not want them to find out the secret entrance to their lair? <laughs> Maybe they've done it before with other humans and they've fought, so they just thought it's just Yeah, they used them. to try putting like a cloth over their heads, but they realised that wasn't fully effective. <laughs> then they progressed to putting people in the boots of their car, but then they could still hear and piece together where they'd been. Why, why female voices? How does he know? He heard what he perceives to be a female voice, but he's going on what he knows on this planet... Yes. Chances are not high that life on other planets are going to follow our rules. That is true. I still think this was a man <laughs> tickling those tonsils. Let me flick those tonsils, yo. <laughs> Long fingers. That ain't no finger. The picture you can see now... Whoa! ...is <laughs> of Charles and Kelvin. Kelvin is the one with those... Insane side <laughs> I was going to ask you to guess what I was worrying at. <laughs> I didn't need to. My gosh, those are some majestic sideburns. But he does look quite, I wouldn't say disturbed, but... He... Uh, he doesn't look comfortable there. He does not. He looks like he's had something other than his tonsils tickled. And by tickled, I mean probed. He looks very uncomfortable. I'm just looking at his hairstyle, to be honest. It's more of a 60s than 70s hairstyle, I would personally say. But I can't tell if he's got eyebrows that are super long. Or if that's just... Or if the... that's like a fringe. <laughs> he could have the world's biggest monobrow, which would explain why he's not quite happy with how his life's turned out. This is in an age before Gillette. <laughs> <laughs> he had no recourse to get rid of it. Once back on the ground, Kelvin was still a bit stunned, but Charles had come too, a little bit quicker. He was able to snap Kelvin out of it. Charles wanted to talk about what had happened and wanted to go to the police or somebody, but Kelvin didn't want anything to do with it. He just wanted to forget. Wait, was Kelvin the one with the... Sideburns. Yeah. As they drove home, Charles got Kelvin to pull over and he went to a payphone and called the local airbase, which informed him that they don't deal with things like that anymore. How? What? Do you have the local airbase's telephone number? I was wondering that like, when I was doing that, because these people seem to be able to get hold of like NASA and airbases and stuff quite easily. This was 73, was it? Mm. Definitely 70s. Like, it's not like you whip out a mobile phone and check Google for the number. He must have had that number going in, which now makes me think that he's full of shit. You've turned... Don't they have You've like, gone from 50 to zero credibility here. No, because they used to have um, books in telephone boxes. You're back up to one credibility here. <laughs> Did they? Yeah. Telephone books in a phone box? Yeah. I've never seen that. I'm not saying it didn't happen, just I've never witnessed it. I've seen a lot of films where that was a thing, like old films. Hmm, interesting. Still Sorry. suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you get carried away and tell me that I'm saying that it's aliens. Charles must have called the police because not long after getting back to Kelvin's apartment, some officers from the sheriff's apartment turned up. They asked to see his driving licence and then checked over his car, which had had the windows which were closest to the ship shattered, and they told him that because it appeared he hadn't been drinking, he was then safe to follow them to the station. Windows shattered, mm -hmm. but no damage to the car? No. Nope. So they could have shattered them themselves? Could have. I suppose there's an argument to be made that sound can shatter windows at particularly high frequencies. Even just a powerful the gust of... fact, they haven't had any yeah. damage to their own ears. Well, not if they were inside it. Yeah, but it's shattered. It's gone through. Sound waves. Psh. What? Boom. They were inside the craft. 
Did the car's, if the car's windows get shattered? Took off and then so blew they didn't the get shattered out. whilst they were in it. No, no, not uh, while they were okay. in the car. Okay, I'll let you off. I'll give you that. <laughs> Twosies today. I told you I wouldn't be the last. <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> Freezies. Charles, not Charles. Calvin said that since nothing happened, he doesn't know why they want to talk to him about it. He and Charles were taken into separate rooms and interrogated. The sheriffs didn't believe them and thought that they were having them on. So they placed a secret recorder in a room and then put them both in there, hoping to catch them in the lie. Oh, that's sneaky. And I bet they saw that coming. This is the transcript of that conversation. So, Kev, I've highlighted here some of the parts I want you to read out. Okay. And I will read the others. Something like that just scare you slammed down to death. Jesus Christ. You hear about something like that, but you just can't believe it. I know, Calvin. I know. Reckon something United States could have up there? No. Not sure what I believe. I'm sure as hell I like to have a heart attack. This I think what they've done. <laughs> Who would like is... to have a heart attack? <laughs> like I said, son, <laughs> that transcript is so inaudible. Okay. It scared me to death too, son. I'll just damn near crying right now. The thing that is so damn bad about it is nobody believes you. I thought I had been through enough hell on this earth. And now we have to go through something like this? Reckon why they just picked us up? I don't know. I don't know. I got to get home and get to bed. Or get some nerve pills or see the doctor or something. I can't stand it. I'm about to go half crazy. I tell you, when we're through, I'll get you something to settle you down. Make sure you get some damn sleep. I can't sleep yet like it is. (laughs) I'm just damn near crazy. Well, Calvin... They brought you out of that damn thingy. They brought me out, goddamn. I'd like to know how they got you straightened out, man. My damn arms, they hardly moved. My arms, they just froze up and I couldn't move. Just like I stepped on a damn rattlesnake. They didn't do me that way, though. They, Lord of mercy. I had never seen nothing like that before in my life. You can't make people believe in that, though. They better wake up and stop believing. You did! You damn right! They better wake up and stop believing. They better stop believing. I can't figure out. You see how that damn door come right up? I don't know how it opened, son. I don't know. You look around in front of your very eyes. Those sons of bitches! Just like that, they come out. I know. You can't believe it. You can't make people believe it. I paralyzed right there. I couldn't move. They gonna believe it one of these days. They gonna believe it one of these days might be too late. I knew all along there was people from other worlds up there. I knew all along. I never thought it would happen to me. You know yourself I don't drink. I know that, son. When I get to the house, I'm going to get me another drink, make me sleep. Look, what we sitting around for? Look, what we waiting on? I got to go tell Blanche, son. I'll just say we had to. I got to get to the house. I don't sit here being treated like a fool. I'm getting sick. I gotta get go to get to the house. I apologize for those voices. (laughs) 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 Oh, I don't know what the fuck that was. I put on one of the silliest voices that came to my head, and it seemed to quite fit actually. (laughs) 
Soon afterwards, an officer entered the room and removed the tape to give to the sheriff, who, after listening to it, told him that they could go, but he wanted to check up on them in the morning, as he could tell that they were upset and shaken. Hmm. So that was sneaky. Sneaky police trying to catch him in a lie. Sneaky swines. But it didn't work, did it? I mean, you would too if you didn't believe them. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but I feel that's quite an untoward thing to do as your first suspicion. Surely you'd investigate it for a bit before you got a feel of who these people are. I think it's uh, it's one of those small towns where they kind of, everyone knows everyone. Like there's a local sheriff and... Yeah. Uh, well, hey boys, you've been out to the lake again. <laughs> Can I come? So they, what happened after they did the interview? Or they recorded the conversation, sorry? Um, the sheriff told them that they could go, but he wanted to check on them in the morning. Okay, so we've got more to come. <laughs> Good. Once they left, Calvin told Charles that he was concerned about having a virus or some type of radiation poison. What I haven't put in here is that his dad used to work, um, I think it was with some type of radiation thing, I can't remember what it was, but he had a specific badge which told people that he worked with radiation. His dad? Mm. So he knew about contamination and stuff okay. like that. well there goes that line of questioning that I was going <laughs> to... His whole family had been vetted by the FBI before his dad got that job. So he knows processes a little bit. Yeah. And he had a bit more knowledge than perhaps was indicated. He didn't give away any of that in the interview, did he? Cover up? <laughs> Hoax? So when Kelvin got home, he took a gallon of bleach that he had had from behind the sink and oh. poured the whole lot into the bath. Oh, thank God if he was going to say he drunk it. <laughs> Mixed it with hot water and took a bath. That's still not good. <laughs> covering every inch of his body and head. Oh my. When finished, he took the clothes that he had on that night, which he'd placed in a paper bag, and put them out in the dumpster. Oh no. Calvin. Barfing in bleach is not something you should do. You're a grown man. You should know this. <laughs> but then it's a different time, isn't it? I don't care. I mean, they worked with asbestos. Mm, okay. <laughs> Go on, say it. I'm not giving you that one. <laughs> I still think they should know not to barf in bleach. I can't get behind that. Now, we know that Kelvin didn't want anything to do with this. He just wanted to carry on living his life as normal. And he was able to do just that. Because in his statement, he told the police that he'd passed out. So he doesn't remember much. He told them. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that's how it went down. He could remember this in graphic detail. <laughs> do I feel a sneaky sneak coming? He had a, he had a little encounter. A close encounter, we might say. So, Arthur. Kelvin carries on with his life and doesn't get hounded by the media or anything like that. He doesn't go out looking for press, anything. Just wants to carry on. So this didn't come out at the time? It did. But because he said he didn't know much, he wasn't pressed for any of it. Okay. Whereas Charles was. Okay. And he ran with it. Okay. I've got a theory but come together. Charles did it! <laughs> But these creatures had another idea. Oh no. 20 years later, in 93, Calvin took a fishing trip to Cat Island. Never fish again! <laughs> he was leaving early in the morning and told his wife he'd be back before dark. He lied. And to fix him some lunch. He arrived at Cat Island around 11 o'clock and planned to fish as the tide changed. He took his lunch out and a bottle of water and the next thing he knows, he woke up. He thought, how am I going to explain this? Because it wasn't only dark. As he looked down, he could see blood all over his shirt. Oh, no. 
When Kelvin got back, he was loading his boat when a friend came by and asked him if he was okay. He explained what happened and the friend said that he knew someone he could talk to about missing time. The time was missing? Did he, you say that and I didn't realise? Yeah. Or was that like a... So he went at 11 o'clock, hmm. took his lunch out. Next thing you know, he wakes up and it's dark. Uh, well, he said he'd be back for... Before dark. Uh, okay, fair enough. This Do friend... we know where the blood came from? <laughs> Not yet. This friend was Bud Hopkins. What? Not Bud Hopkins. Yep, Bud Hopkins. In 1989, he started the Intruders Foundation that provided support for alleged victims of alien abductions, conducted research and investigations to help promote the public awareness of the phenomenon. Bud wanted to hypnotise Calvin, but Calvin said he'd tried that before and it didn't work, so he didn't see the point. But Bud managed to convince him and the whole thing would be recorded to prove that he was above ground or above board. Okay. During his regression to the first abduction, he was able to pull a car's tag number and used a private investigator to track it down. When looking around, he must have seen yeah. like a license plate. It turns out that this car belonged to a couple who were making out at the time. Saw what happened and hold ass out of there. <laughs> Unfortunately, the male has passed away, but the lady is alive but suffers from Alzheimer's. Oh, shit. But she remembered enough to talk to Calvin, but asked that he doesn't mention her name or tell anyone where she is. When they went back to that day in 93, it seems like the same ones had come back for him, or lookalikes. Because during that hypnosis, Calvin said, I know this bitch. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to kill me this time. He believes that they'd placed a tracker in his nose and was going to remove it. But this time he'd had enough. When she had her hand down his throat, he grabbed it, grabbed her by the head, and started beating it against the wall. Jesus. When she started bleeding from her ears, and then they both had blood all over them. That would explain the blood. And then she managed to call one of the robots back, which grabbed him. And then he played with those tonsils. Kelvin's intention was to grab around the neck, find the door, and jump. He didn't care where he was, how high they were, nothing. He just wanted to take her down with him. He was ready to die. So his plan was, so that's not how things went down. <laughs> no, because that <laughs> robot came and grabbed him. Yeah, they sorted him out. Why are they coming back for him 20 years later? What's so special about this man? Or are they doing like a longitudinal study? Possibly. Over a lengthy period of 20 years, was it? Mm-hmm. To see what's changed in his tonsils. He beat her to the point she was bleeding and she had human-coloured blood. Because if... He had blood all over him. That implies it's blood as what we see as blood, doesn't it? So these robots have human blood. It's not mentioned that she is a robot. But he's saying it's the same bitch from last time. Yeah, but I know this bitch. I know this bitch. She is a robot. The three that grabbed them were. Hmm. But it's not mentioned that she isn't either. Hmm. (laughs) I'll let you have that one. (laughs) Intriguing. Strong odour of bullshit, but intriguing. <laughs> I'm curious to see where the story goes, I've got to say. Did he, like, knock her out, or... Just because it says the other one came and got him. Yeah, but she managed to call out to it, so he couldn't have been knocked out. That could have been before her head hit the wall, and then she, like... But then you're not immediately knocked out when your head hits the wall. You might be. Depends on how hard your head hits the wall. He could have knocked her the fuck out. But maybe he didn't. 
Maybe he did. I want to know what happened to her. Can't tell you that. Damn it. At the beginning of this probe, I <laughs> mentioned that a few other people had seen something strange. You did. I'm about to tell you about two more. The lovely Susan and Michael J. Fox. So Lewis Lee was a crane operator who was on the other side of the river that Calvin and mm -hmm. Charles were abducted from. He describes the same kind of craft as Susan and also mentions the lights around it being blue and white. He couldn't see Charles and Calvin from his position, but he was with another crane technician and told him about it, but he laughed it off. Then the next day, news had got out about something in the sky. When he told the people at work, they dismissed him and told him to stop pulling their leg. He had told his family and a few people he knew, and he said that he also knew Charlie, or Charles, mm -hmm. they call him Charlie, who he said was a real hard worker and he wouldn't think Charles would lie about something like that. He's vouching for them. Maria Blair had driven her husband to the boatyard that evening as he was about to go out on the boat for the night. He'd taken a nap beforehand as he was going to be up all night, so while she sat there with him asleep in the car, she was just stargazing. She saw a blue light. Same colour and just thought that it was a plane. As it got closer, she thought that there was a landing strip that maybe she never knew about. But as it got closer still, she noticed it stop, and a bright white light came out of it, like a door had opened. Then after a minute or so, a blue light came out of it. The tractor beam. Then after a few minutes, her husband woke up, and they went to put his clothes onto the boat. On their way, they both heard a loud splash. Neither knew what it was. It was the loud shit coming out of Calvin's pants and into the lake. Her husband continued towards the boat, but she'd stopped as she wanted to know what it was. As she looked towards the water, she said that she could make out what looked like a body, Ooh. but she wasn't too sure. In the water? As it looked to have a head, but no neck, and it just floated away. No, it wasn't the f supposed female alien that he hit the head against the <laughs> wall. I was thinking more of the he robot. Knocked, <laughs> no, he knocked her out and she fell out of the <laughs> hole. See, I told you, her head was... As soon as it hit the wall, she was unconscious. That was, was in 93. Shh. These two are 70. <laughs> Shh. Shh. It <laughs> happened again. <laughs> now, this story may not be new to some, as it has also been told by Charles Hickson, who has written books, been on the news, to conventions and the like. I thought I'd but, heard the name. What you don't hear is that the two of them had an agreement. That agreement was to not tell anyone what happened and to go to work the next day. An agreement that Charles broke and for a long time, even after his death, that left a sour taste in Calvin's mouth. No, that was just the alien hands. <laughs> because he thought that Charles was only after his five minutes of fame. Okay. So, these, Peter, sorry, so these people and a few more have come forward over the years and described what they saw, which has helped to create a timeline and prove to Calvin that he isn't crazy. What I'd also like to say is that none of these people had met before. They were just UFO-obsessed people. That all the saw the same thing. That tried to fit a on narrative the same night. to what they want. I feel like this group of people are a club. I'd like to give that club a name, Club Bullshit. Membership is free. So this is the point where we turn to scepticism, my friend. <laughs> oh yes, this is the point. <laughs> Joe Nickel, a sceptical investigator. <laughs> really turned on to the scepticism there. Believes there are also discrepancies, as he believes Hickson behaved questionably and embellished stories whilst on TV. He also broke an agreement. Which would... 
man code. Which would lead into Kelvin's original beliefs that he only wanted his five minutes of fame. But Joe believes that Charles was in a waking dream state and that Kelvin's cooperation was due to suggestibility. Yeah. As he'd said that he'd passed out. That's the point I was going to make when you asked me to summarise my thoughts, actually. What, the suggestibility? Suggestibility, Charles was making the story up and then suggesting it, basically, and he was taking it from Charles. Or he said they didn't use alcohol, but what about drugs? LSD. wasn't mentioned. Exactly. Didn't test for it. Philip J. Class. Philip? <coughs> Say Philip. UFO skeptic and aviation journalist dismisses Hickson's claims to this abduction due to Hickson's polygraph test being administered by an inexperienced operator and due to Hickson refusing to do the test again by a more experienced police operator. This and other discrepancies lead Class to believe this is a hoax. Mm-hmm. However, looking into Mr. Class, I found out that he is accused of the following. Suppressing and distorting evidence, unscientific reasoning, smear campaigns, scientific bait-and-switch tactics, and seemingly refusing to evaluate evidence that conflicted with his preconceptions. But he also flexed so fucking hard on his opponents and detractors by cursing them. And this is his curse. He's a freaking witch doctor. (laughs) The last will and testament of Philip J. Class. Oh, amazing. To ufologists who who publicly criticise me or who even think unkind thoughts about me in private, I do hereby leave and bequeath the UFO curse. No matter how long you live, you will never know any more about UFOs than you know today. You will never know any more about what UFOs really are or where they come from. You will never know any more about what the US government really knows about UFOs than you know today. As you lie on your own deathbed, you will be as mystified about UFOs as you are today, and you will remember this curse. I like this man. And there we have it. This is the end of the file. So Kev, which side of this ball-piercing fence do you sit on? <laughs> Before we get to the side of the fence I'm on, I just want to rewind a few seconds. You said that he was accused. Who accused Mr. Class? Just the people that he wasn't agreeing no, with? No, quite a few in the scientific and UFO community. In the scientific community? Because UFO community he, you'd expect. his tactics are he will... Curse you go for the person's character rather than the evidence okay so if he likes you then but yeah pj class he actually cursed (laughs) that's brilliant (laughs) on my deathbed i'm gonna curse you even if you're already dead fuck you (laughs) (laughs) to be visited by poltergeists looks could kill you should be very careful (laughs) right so what side of this ball piercing fence am i on well i kind of alluded to my theory earlier i think that um i've forgotten his name kelvin passed out charles i think kelvin was quite a vulnerable and suggestible chap just by looking at him he didn't look comfortable did he 
Like nope. he didn't want to be there, but obviously the other guy was forcing him to be there or encouraging, guilting him, whatever. Didn't Either really. Way, fought, what do you mean? Suggests he was like, to go photo. fishing. No. Or... Oh no, no. Like obviously they were taking photos together and stuff. Oh, I don't know if that was taken at where that was taken. That picture might have been the police officers. I don't know. But yeah, it doesn't look comfortable. <laughs> doesn't no. look like he wants to be there. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that he's very susceptible and Charles has spun a yarn here to try and have his five minutes of fame, actually, yeah. I'd say that's where I'm sitting on. I would say that it's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) My balls are not pierced (laughs) at all. But it's been an interesting story. Kind of entertaining rather than believable. Now, when I watched the documentary to do the research for this, I totally 100% believe Calvin Um, but I think like you said I don't think the story is real Mm, I think he believes it's real and that's what's happened here you touched on it earlier yes there was no alcohol but there may have been drugs Mm. not necessarily taken knowingly Um, you suggesting like MK Ultra. (laughs) No, I mean, maybe he was spiked. Like his By drink. Charles. Yeah. Yeah. Who, oh. Because no. he want from everything, he wanted to, he wanted to go out probe there. Him. I don't know he got probed. But he, he probably um, spiked his drink, put the story into his head. Let's go and do this. Uh, this happened to us, blah, blah, blah. Put that suggestion in there and then ran with it. It wouldn't even surprise me if Calvin had a really vivid dream and woke up and told him about it and Charles went with it from there. That's not a bad shout either. But just the way that obviously Charles spoke in that transcript and the things that you've relayed back to me here, it makes me feel that he's quite a vulnerable chap. There's just something mm-hmm. about him that, yeah, and I feel like he's been slightly taken advantage of in some way. He just got that tingling feeling. Like you said, everything he says is like, it traumatised him, whereas Charles was just like, Mm, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Like, we'll get you this. So, but it was aliens. What did I say <laughs> about not trying to put words in my mouth? I I'm didn't. not saying <laughs> that it was aliens. Nope. Not aliens today, people. We do not have aliens today. Nope. But thank you for listening anyway. You're welcome. bit rude got a question for you though before we go do you ever find fluff in your belly button it's been known on occasion not recently so much do you ever wonder if pets get abducted I do now ever wonder what your alien hybrid child looked like a vampire from Buffy if you have wondered any of those following questions hash tag probe probe (laughs) probe